So uh, I welcome now this morning Vince first of all as my co-pilot. Uh, hello, Mike. Hello, Rob, and hello, listeners. Yes, because you said Rob. Yeah, we got Rob Midwinter here, who is standing for election. Welcome to Saint FM, Rob. Thanks very much, Mike and Vince, for for having me here. Yes, and as we normally do there with our candidates, just uh, what made you stand for election this time, or wanting to stand for election? So. Uh, people that know me, um, and just give a bit of brief background um, in relation to my, my association with the island. So I first got to know Saints in the 1980s, working in the Falklands, went back again in the 1990s, uh, visited the island twice in that period, and, and have been resident here for the last 15 years. So throughout that whole period, I've actually been quite passionate about politics on the island and the direction of travel for the island. Um, and really I see all of this has been, all of the experience that I've had, it's been a combination that's brought me to where we are today. Um, and, um, and I say that because um, the work that I've been involved with on the island, uh, particularly around sustainable development with Centralina uh, Development Agency and Enterprise Centralina, I've also been involved in numerous working groups that were um, on the, um, the public policy side of things, and, and also working with social enterprises um, on the island. And all of that has sort of led me to, to want to actually do this. So I made it very clear to my uh, work colleagues and, um, and bosses um, a couple of years ago, actually, that I would only see Enterprise Centralina through to its next project form, whatever that would take, um, because I actually wanted to step down and run for election at the next general election. Um, I've been asked the last couple of times so when there's been by-elections and previous general elections, but I didn't feel ready at that point. Um, but the last two years, um, because of the way I've seen the island moving or not moving, in, in my opinion, um, I've, I felt that I really wanted to do it, that the time was now to actually stop doing what I was doing with Enterprise Centralina, hand the reins over to other people and actually run for election. Uh, because I strongly believe that if you're not happy with how something is being done, then you need to be get involved with it and, and take those things forward the way you feel that they should be taken forward. Okay, thank you for that. And now, if you now are very successful in the general election, and uh, so you get in, first of all, and you become in charge, so to speak, how much in charge, that is something else we're going to talk about, but... Uh, what would be the first things you address? What would be your top on your priority list? So it, it might actually surprise people to learn, because I just talked about sustainable development, that actually, whilst I'd like to still have a, an input into sustainable development, um, I wouldn't be pushing to be um, directly involved or in charge of the uh, sustainable development unit. Um, because actually I believe that for us to as achieve sustainable development as an island, we really need to be investing in our human capital. And actually my interest area, so first and foremost, um, if I'm successful, I would only see this as the first term of office for at least two terms of office. I would be looking to, to try and be in office for two, two terms of office. Because I think trying to achieve what you set out to achieve within one term of office is, is a tall order. Um, I would like to be the minister that heads up um, education and employment. 
Um, I'm very passionate about um, de developing the island skill base. Uh, a lot of the work that I've done with SHDA and Enterprise St. Cleaner was around particularly private sector development and upskilling people. And, um, and I, I get no greater satisfaction than students going away um, off to university, coming back three, four years later, and the change that's come over them is remarkable, and I think we need more of that for the island. Um, so those are my passion areas. Um, in terms of short-term goals, um, I would like to see less um, inactivity. We, we seem very good in starting small projects that end up going nowhere. And, um, and I think we need a, a goal list drawn up at the front end of, of that period of office that says these are the things we, as a ministerial team, um, are set to deliver and that we're measured against those items whether we've delivered them or not. They should be um, proper goals that have specific timescales and targets against them and we as a ministerial team should be measured against that. Lynn, so do you. So on that final point you made, Rob, I, I, are we talking in terms of election promises or a wish list, if you like? So um, I think it's wrong to make promises at this point in time because you've got to actually work with a team of people to deliver for the island. You can't do it alone. Uh, in terms of election promises, I promise to be um, communicative, to be available. One of the things that I will be setting up as part of my campaign is a Facebook page. I think in this day and age, um, it's critical for people to be as available as possible to the general public um, and communicative, working with the media, um, making sure that information and the correct information is passed to the constituents. So those are things that, that, that I would do. Really um, <laughs> in terms of wish list, um, first and foremost, during that four years of office, I will do everything that I can to try and ensure that the remains of the liberated Africans are reinterred, because I think it's disgusting that they are still sitting in the pipe shed. Um, you know, we can raise funds for disasters around the world as an island, but we can't raise funds between us to reinter those remains. So that's one thing that I am very passionate about and I would like to see. Um, another thing is social inclusion legislation. I think that um, those people who are disadvantaged on the island, uh, people with disabilities, need to be supported wherever we can. And, um, and I would like to see some legislation brought in that actually addresses that and helps to uh, encourage um, inclusion in the workplace in particular. Because social inclusion is, is included in the Constitution. Is it, it is, not? it is. But, you, but you need the legislation to say, well, this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. And this is what happens if you don't. Yeah. But I'd, I'd, I'd go as far as also saying that um, every, every building, any new building, is supposed to have um, disability access built into it. But there's more that we can be doing on the island. So as part of Enterprise Centralina's projects, we started on Main Street. And we were putting in disabled ramps around the island, uh, well, uh, sorry, in, in Main Street particularly. We have when we've done other projects around the island. So we've put disabled access in up at Butternut Corner. We did at the Enterprise Park in Longwood. We did in Half Tree Hollow. Um, 
But Main Street was a big focus for us because trying to navigate the roads in Main Street is it's actually quite dangerous if you've got a pushchair. I've recently become a grandfather and I'm pushing pushchairs around town again and actually getting a sense for that again. Um, yeah, but up by Atlantic store is particularly bad. Yeah, and the designs are there. Mm. It's, it's making sure that the funding's there. Yeah. So we need to be looking at what can we actually deliver. I, I hear people saying the roads are in a state. The roads will take a lot of money. I think we have a very good roads team, we have a regular program of maintenance, and they do go around the island filling in the potholes. Better than a lot of, a lot of county councils in the UK, I'll say. Um, our roads are not that bad. There are certain areas that do need to be prioritised, and clearly the Rupert's access is an area that has got to be addressed and is part of the, the infrastructure project programme. Um, but I think there's far more important things at a smaller, low level that do need to be addressed and should be addressed within the funding that we have available to us. Mm -hmm. Okay, you talked about uh, availability of funding. Yes, that is always the issue, isn't it? How do you see it working in the future? In the future, because it's still a little bit of an open issue, isn't it? Who is actually responsible for funding? As it stands, it's the governor, isn't it? It, it is, Mike, and um, and certainly we need to be looking at what funds we can get from the British government, but we also need to be looking at what more can we do for ourselves, um, and how do we attract more money to the island? How do we attract investment to the island? Um, we. I was on the working group for immigration, um, that's been going on for four years, we've never finalised it. We have an ageing, declining population. Um, if you take the number of migrants that we've had to the island and add that to the birth rate, we're still below the death rate each year. So we are, we are and those are the big issues, you know, roads, it's not a big issue. The big issue is that we are in a declining population and we need to do something to, to turn that round. To spend four years trying to agree something that was supposed to help that and still not get it passed, to my mind, is, is diabolical. That, mm. That's the sort of thing that I would see as high on the ministerial agenda. We either push it through or we say, no, this is not required, we do something different. But we need to be very clear what we're going to do and how we're going to address things like that. Having an increased population, attracting more foreign investment, those are the things that are going to help us financially, but it's how we do that. And, um, and if we want more money from the British government, if we want other sponsors to, to look at St. Cleaner, they've got to see what is it we're willing to do for ourselves, because nobody wants to keep funding somebody that's not doing things for themselves. Okay, change, change your tack slightly here. I don't know if you want to go this way, but... Um, You've mentioned education, and of course a good standard of edu education, and a lot of people who come through tertiary education and have been to college, university, and come back with qualifications, extra knowledge and experience, that adds to um, the economic assets, if you like, because you've got people there who are capable to uh, get on with things. But there's... The, the, the economic foundations in St. Helena are still pretty weak. Um, the bank is... Uh, the bank itself keeps most of its money overseas. 
I mean, money leaks out of St. Helena like it does out of when you drain in the cabbage. <laughs> um, it's uh, what you've got to do is hold money on the island yeah. to get wealth. Um, so when you talk about investment from overseas, at the moment, as far as I can see, any big overseas investor will um, and any future overseas investor will continue to actually work their finances off island. Yeah. Paul O'Sullivan with his thing up at Horse Pasture and Broadbottom, he'll be selling his properties or renting them out, whatever he does, in South Africa mm. and the money will be retained in South Africa. Uh, we've got the St. Tuna Corporation, which is South African based. When they get into um, full operation and uh, start e exporting frozen tuna, it'll be sold to customers in South Africa. The money will be taken from customers in South Africa and will very likely remain there, except for any money that's needed on this side. Yeah. So, we're not getting very far in, in changing the, the, the arrangement of the foundations to give St. Helena a chance. Yeah. Um, can you see any progress with the bank? Because the bank is at the centre of it in my book. If and you had a bank that was a proper bank, it's not the fault yeah. of the bank. And, and to be honest, the bank is owned by the people and by the St. Helena government. Yeah. You know, it's a limited company that is 100% owned by the St. Helena government. Yeah. And actually, the, the, the funds that are there are really owned by the people, by the depositors. Uh, I think that is part of the issue, is it is a deposit-taking bank. It's not a commercial bank. It needs to be more commercial in how it operates um, and does need to work more with St. Helena government. As I said, if we're not going to get funds from the UK government to support the projects that we need on the island, then we should be turning more to the bank. There needs to be more done with the private sector, and it was very encouraging to see um, how many local construction companies came forward to express an interest in developing certain sites for residential housing around the island. Now, we need to bring those to fruition because that's where you will get the reinvestment into the island. That will create jobs on the island and it will put money back into the island's economy. But it will be locals doing it for locals. And that's the type of, of capital investment that we do need on the island. Yeah. Yeah, how can you see you as a councillor? It uh, appear a little bit of a grey zone here when we come to the government. Can we call it parastatal or the government-owned entities? Uh, how can you see the uh, political influence over those institutions? You have several. You've got the bank, you've got Connect, partly even Solomon's, as it is majority owned by the people, really. It should be, yeah. frankly, in a yeah. government. How can you see the political influence over those bodies increasing. So there, there needs to be that greater um, communication between those parties. Um, they do have um, a representative within those boards that is a, an SHG representative, um, and those parastatals should regularly report to the relevant ministerial committee. So if it's Treasury, it's Sustainable Development, or wherever best sits for those to, to interface with. Um, 
So, and it shouldn't be a once a, once a year thing. It, sh it shouldn't be a case of, you know, we're in front of public accounts committee, therefore we need to have the right answers. It should be regular feedback. I remember back in the days of SHDA, we used to meet with elected members on a quarterly basis, give a report on what we'd done the last three months and what we were planning to do the next three months and get the elected members to feed into that. And I think we need to go back to, to how those things were done there. Clearer um, targets and goals, um, greater transparency in terms of what people are actually doing, um, and um, and the feedback from the community via via the elected members. What you, what you're saying is that the, the person now appointed by St. Lina government to sit on these boards, he would be answerable to executive council or the cabinet, so to speak, yeah, to yeah. the ministers. Yeah, and the, mini the ministers should give the directives yeah. to this person. Exactly. <coughs> and, and we're coming on to another one of those things that hasn't been finalised yet. So the Ministerial Code of Conduct has come out. To be quite honest, I'm not satisfied with it. Um, as somebody that's been heavily involved in policy, um, the way it's currently written, I'm not completely comfortable with it. I think there are changes that need to be made. Um, however, the way I would see things working is the head of directorate and his management team or her management team uh, work very closely with that minister for that um, uh, portfolio and um, and then there must be there must be some mechanism for if performance is not being achieved it doesn't fall all on the minister's shoulders it has got to fall on that team's shoulders there has got to be a mechanism for making sure that there are targets that are set and if those targets are not being achieved there's some sort of you know process for addressing that it doesn't the way the way the minister of code reads to me at the moment that all falls on the minister's shoulders um, I would like to see some more teeth in there for the ministers. Yeah, you can't delegate just responsibility no. you have also authority then yeah, have to exactly. be delegated they go hand in hand Vince so, <clears throat> if I can put words into your mouth, Rob, um, uh, I, I've had a similar thought myself in that if we're not very careful, the minister will be the fall guy. Yeah. yeah. Things can go wrong in the government administration, and uh, because other people have got themselves tangled up or couldn't be bothered or forgot or whatever, yeah. it's it's the, the minister's head that goes for the chop. Yeah. And if people know that, that gives them even more incentive to forget or to not bother. Mm. So what you're saying is the whole supporting... We're talking about the top tier yep. within the administration. Yeah, yeah. Which is easy to identify from these organograms. Yeah. So if it's the minister who's in the hot seat... He takes with him his supporting team. Yeah, and, this, and to be quite honest, Vince, this is this is one of the things that I feel really passionate about because, as I said, the last two years I've not been happy with how things have been going, um, and that has given me an extra impetus to to do something about because um, you know the the elected members and particularly that ministerial team have got to be able to work with the administration. They've got to go hand in hand. Um, if we have a ministerial form of government, it makes no difference to what's been going on in the past unless you've got people that are willing to do that and will work together. We can't have infighting. You know, having public fights between the governor and elected members that's posted all over Facebook, we can't be doing that. 
Um, that really doesn't show the island in a good light to anybody that's interested in doing anything in St. Helena. Yeah. Um, and that's got to become a thing of the past. I remember when the airport went on hold uh, back in 2008 um, and the, the island was depressed for a number of years. And then when the pause was lifted and we had, in November 2011, the certain conditions that were being imposed on us, within a year we had closed out those conditions by working together, members of the public joining working groups, elected members with those members of the public, with officials, driving through change. And I think that's what we need. I think the last two years, because the airport was built, people started leaving again, we didn't have the numbers coming, we did have the numbers coming in, we had a really good start to the numbers coming in, and then we had COVID. And then the last couple of years it's been blur. You know, it's just not been happening. And instead, there's been infighting. And we've got to get away from that. We've actually got to work together. We've got to set some serious goals. What is it we want? Do we want, how, how are we going to benefit from the cable? What is it we're going to put in? And then make sure that we're all on the same page at the front, front end of that. And we've got clear targets as to what we're going to deliver by when. And then the public can measure us in terms of how we're achieving against that. And if we're not achieving, as a ministerial team, if the ministerial team's not achieving, then you change it. But you've got to allow time for those things to happen. And that's why it's got to be very clear what those targets are. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think motivation also comes into this. When you talk, <coughs> when you talk about um, the decision from the UK government, okay, you can have that airport, but first of all, you've got to... Yeah. You know, tidy up your own backyard. Yeah, there was motivation. Therefore, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and and people motored. You're quite right. Yeah, uh, and it happened another time. Yeah, because when this pandemic uh, started to take hold, we had uh, we had the IEG. We still got yeah. it. Forgot what IEG stands for at the moment. But when it f was first there, it was quite impressive yeah. how they made decisions. Yeah. And everybody all over the world was feeling in the dark at the time. Mm. So, but it was decision focused. Yeah. And they made a decisions knowing that maybe in the following week or the week after, they'd be changing that decision. Yeah. But we got to move. Yeah. Because we can't not move. Yeah. There was the motivation. Yeah. And I, was, I remember thinking at the time, now, now these people are motoring on and they're not shying away from making yeah. decisions. Yeah. With the committee system that we've just waved goodbye to, everybody would, the last thing they'd ever want to do was make a decision in committee. I, and that is one of the things that's frustrated me, Vince, yeah. because I believe um, that to make things happen, you've got to be, make, be able to make decisions, you've got to be able to be accountable for the decisions you've made, and if you're in a collective, You've got to stand by the collective. Yeah, I've I've heard, and I, I've heard it, you know, <laughs> straight from certain individuals that they didn't vote for this or they didn't vote for that. And when you get three members of Exco saying I didn't support that, well, then who did? <laughs> because the majority is telling you that they didn't support something, yeah. and that's got to stop. This is what I say: the infighting, the the stuff like that has just got to go. Because we need to, if we're going to take this island forward, we've got to work collectively and we've got to be accountable for the decisions we take. Now, I'm not scared to put my head above the parapet. Everyone that knows me 
and you've, people have heard me on the radio so many times, there are things that I'm passionate about, there are things that we as and SHDA and ESH did achieve. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, if anybody wants a list of those, you know, <laughs> I've been on the radio so many times, we've produced so many reports, but at the same time, um, I think that as a ministerial team, that ministerial team has got to work very closely with the senior officials in government, and we've got to be accountable. We've got to communicate, and we've got to be accountable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what you're talking about there is collective responsibility. Exactly, it, exactly. Yeah. Because if you're not presenting... I mean, you could be one a minister among yeah. five, including yeah. the chief minister, yeah. and you may have reservations about this one particular yeah. thing. But if the majority decision is to go away, which you are not quite happy about, yeah. then you've got two choices. One is to resign, and the other is to shut up. Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we've gone towards the end of this little chat, but can I just bring up something that is so topical? Yeah. And I know that we need to address, and not only in the short term, but also in the longer term, and that is the health system and the yeah. health health provision on yeah. the island because I know it is on everybody's lips yeah. and have been for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, have you got any idea to address I, this problem? I mentioned the cable earlier. I think anything and everything that we do for this island from an infrastructure perspective has got to reduce costs or improve the standard of, of living in Centralina. I think there are huge gains to be made through telemedicine and the fibre optic cable, I think, should help with that. Um, we do need to try to recruit better in terms of making sure that we don't have shortages of certain skills on the island, particularly in the, the medical field. Um, and, um, and medical referrals where necessary, but I don't see why we can't, through telemedicine, look towards bringing in specialists as, as and when, um, on a collective basis, um, in the same way we have in the past for eyes, uh, dental uh, surgery. So there's certain bits that where I think we might be sending people away, but could possibly uh, be bringing in somebody and in the future doing more with telemedicine. Um, I wouldn't profess to be somebody that knows a lot about health, and that's why I would not go for the Ministry overseeing health. Um, that's why you know, I, I lean towards um, education and employment. I do recognise that health is critical to sustainable development. Health and education are the two key drivers that underpin economic development. Yeah, especially as we, as you said earlier on, there's an aging population, exactly. uh, increased needs. We might get uh, older holiday makers, older semi resident tourism for example then we need to have the facilities yeah. and we don't have them today have we yeah yeah exactly so i would agree and again we should be trying to program these things for the future um, we still need a new president we could do with a new hospital i mean we're yeah, but it doesn't help much if we don't have the doctor it's the personal resource exactly so we need to make sure that we also have a robust system of recruitment in place that does forward plan for those needs and we should be trying to upskill locals wherever possible. Okay Rob, can we get uh, some final message from you? So final messages, um, 
if you want the same, don't vote for me. Um, I am pushing for change. People will see, and, um, and my my um, campaign is is very much on enough is enough. Time for change. Um, if you want the status quo to remain, don't vote for me. If you do want elected members who are passionate about taking the island forward and making the changes that are necessary, then please do. Um, but otherwise, thank you very much for, for listening. And, um, and I really hope that it's going to be a, an exciting general election. I do hope that some really good candidates come forward, and particularly more female candidates. Um, because again, I don't think when I'm talking about social inclusion, I don't think that the, the females on the island are well represented within council. I think it'd be good to see at least as many women in council as men. Thank you very much for that. Wins? Yeah, just one final thought. Well, if on the 14th of October you find you're elected, could you do one small favour for me? What's that? <laughs> Find out what the hell is going on with Pash Global. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I can, I can look into that, certainly. <laughs>